I reminded myself not to be so bloody cocky in the future about things I knew nothing about. Halstead might be a faker, if what Pat Harris said was true, but a faker of all people must have a knowledge of his field. He had been right when he had said that this was going to be a tough job. Camp 2 came and went before I had a chance to get a good look at it, but the plane banked and turned, and we orbited the site, standing on one wingtip. There wasn't much to see, just another clearing with half a dozen prefabricated huts and some minuscule figures which waved their arms. The jet couldn't land there, but that wasn't the intention. We straightened on course and rose higher, heading for the coast and Camp 1. About twenty minutes and eighty miles later we were over the sea and curving back over the white surf and gleaming beaches to touch down at the airstrip at Camp 1. The jets bumped a bit in the coastal turbulence but put down gently and rolled to a stop at the further end of the strip, then wheeled and taxied to a halt in front of a hangar. As I left the plane, the heat, after the air-conditioned comfort of the flight, was like the sudden blow of a hammer. Fallon didn't seem to notice the heat at all. Years of puttering about in this part of the world had already dried the juices from him, and he'd been thoroughly conditioned. He set off at a brisk walk along the strip, followed by Halstead, who also didn't seem to mind. Catherine and I followed along more slowly, and by the time we got to the hut into which Fallon had disappeared, she was looking definitely wilted and I felt a bit brown around the edges myself. My God, I said, is it always like this? Halstead turned and gave me a smile which had all the elements of a sneer. You've been spoiled by Mexico City, he said. The altitude up there takes the edge off. It's not really hot here on the coast. <laughs> Wait until we get to Camp 2. His tone implied that I'd feel bloody sorry for myself. It was cooler in the hut, and there was the persistent throb of an air-conditioning unit. Fallon introduced us to a big, burly man. This is Joel Radetsky. He's the boss of Camp One. Radetsky stuck out a meaty hand. Glad to meet you, Mr. Wheel, he boomed. I later found out how Fallon had managed to organise the whole operation so quickly. He had merely appropriated the logistics unit from one of his oil exploration teams. Those boys were used to operating in rough country and under tropical conditions, and this job was very little different from a score of others they had done in North Africa, Saudi Arabia and Venezuela. When I explored the camp, I admired the sheer efficiency of it all. They certainly knew how to make themselves comfortable, even to ice-cold Coca-Cola. We stayed in Camp One all that day, and slept there the night. Fallon and Halstead checked the mountain of equipment they evidently thought they needed, so Catherine and I did the same with the scuba gear. We weren't going to take it to Camp Two because that would be pointless. Camp Two was a mere centre of exploration, and if and when we discovered Washwanak, it would be abandoned, and Camp Three would be set up on the city site. We worked until lunchtime, and then stopped for something to eat. I wasn't very hungry, the heat affected my appetite, but I relished the bottle of cold lager, 
that Radetsky thrust into my hand. I'd swear it hissed going down. Catherine and I had completed our inspection and found everything present and in work in order, but Fallon and Halstead still had quite a way to go. I offered to give them a hand, but Fallon shook his head. It's mostly instrument checking now, he said. You wouldn't know how to do that. His gaze wandered over my shoulder. If you turn round, you'll see your first Meyer. I twisted in my chair and looked across the strip. On the other side of the flattened ground and standing within easy running distance of the trees were two men. They were dressed in rather baggy trousers and white shirts and stood quite still. They were rather too far away for me to distinguish their features. Fallon said, They don't know what to make of us, you know. This is an unprecedented invasion. 